0: Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today is study number four of Daniel chapter three. We're going to be reading in Daniel 3, beginning in verse 8. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image, and whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake, and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, he fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if he worship not, he shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee, In this matter, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And I'll stop reading there. Now, in our last study, we saw that King Nebuchadnezzar, and by this time we know that he's a type and figure of Satan, and... You know, the Lord's people are fully aware of these types and figures that God uses in the Bible because God has opened up his word to such a degree that many things that have previously been hidden, previously been a mystery, are now commonly known to the people of God. Uh, For instance, when A child of God reads the book of Jeremiah, much of Ezekiel, and and much of Daniel. We see readily the types and figures. We see the spiritual picture of the Babylonians as the kingdom of Satan, the king of Babylon as Satan himself, the people from Judah as figures of the corporate church, or types of gods elect like these three. And we, we see it very readily, uh, because God has made it plain. He has opened the scriptures. And, and, and so once by God's grace that He gives us eyes to see and ears to hear these things, once, once you have sort of the biblical definition for the spiritual, um, Types the, the, the spiritual language that God is using in a passage or in a chapter or in a book of the Bible, and, and, and that's what these things are. They're spiritual definitions. Then you have the ability to perform the translation or the interpretation. The Bible is basically written in another language it's written in the language of the kingdom of heaven and uh, the the mistake that men make in churches and they can be renowned men theologians and pastors and elders and so forth is to apply earthly interpretation to a heavenly language and and so they think the bible is like any other earthly writing and They try and interpret it that way or define it and and translate it via earthly interpretations, like they're translating Spanish or, or uh, maybe a harder language like Chinese. And yet, uh, that's a huge mistake. It's an error that uh, leads them time and again to wrong doctrinal understandings and wrong gospels. The Bible is a heavenly language and just like any earthly uh, language you need someone who speaks it to provide the interpretation to do the translation. Uh, for instance if I had a Spanish Bible I couldn't translate it properly. I might pick out a word or two uh, and but I couldn't do a, a even an adequate translation of the Spanish language. It's not my language. I I don't know it very well. And that's how it is when men approach the Bible and apply natural interpretation techniques to a heavenly book. We need one who speaks the language. And the only one who speaks the language of the kingdom of heaven for whom uh, it is their native tongue is God himself the spirit of God and that's why god lays down principles compare scripture with scripture or spiritual with spiritual and the holy ghost teaches and and, and so when we follow those principles and and then as we learn More and more as God opens up our eyes through his spirit that's within us. Then we begin slowly coming up with a dictionary, a heavenly dictionary, for these terms. And then once you've spent some time in this and and you've put in the necessary study and, and effort and... You're beginning to develop a vocabulary of spiritual language. Then when you read many passages, it gets easier and easier. Just like learning any language, when your vocabulary is, is developing and, and you spend time using it, speaking with people who speak that language, it gets easier. It becomes more natural. And so it is with the Bible. So, and of course, someone who doesn't speak the language, when they hear um, th- this kind of thing, it- it's foreign to them. Especially if they think they speak the language. And uh, you know, ask any um, person who speaks a language. I-, I understand the French are famous for this. When someone goes there and attempts to speak French, and and, and yet. Uh, it, to their ears it, it it's 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 doing violence to it they they uh get very offended and that's how it is when people apply earthly human understandings of translation to that which is a heavenly book. The Bible is a spiritual book. well, okay, here. We see that King Nebuchadnezzar a type of Satan in the time of Great Tribulation when God has turned over the corporate church to him and also expanded his rule in an unprecedented way. He, he's now ruling over the world and over the church, over all that are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's... A large number of people in in a world at the time of the end um, that numbered around seven billion right around the time of the great tribulation the, the The number of those that are unsaved would be six billion, many hundreds of million. we We know God saved. A great multitude, but really that could be a hundred million, a hundred and fifty million. We're not sure. And, and even if it were that large number, let's say a hundred and eighty million, that would still leave over six billion eight hundred and some million people that were unsaved, whose names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, who were subject to the rule of Satan and in the world. An individual that rules over large numbers of people is thought to be a great ruler. And the more people you rule over, the greater the ruler you are. So we cannot deny that it was a tremendous period of rule for Satan. And, and again, in Revelation 13, it says in Uh, verse 7 and 8, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And the power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So it was given him to overcome the saints and all who are not saved who in the beginning were not predestinated. Their names were not recorded in that figurative book of life. Will worship him. And that's what we see in Daniel chapter three. Here now is the command to worship when you hear the music. And we've already pointed out the musical instruments are listed in four verses. There's six instruments that are listed three times, and one time five is listed, and and that totals 23, pointing to the 23-year Great Tribulation period. And this is in, in the year 1988, the 13,000th year of Earth's history. Satan was loosed and began the rule of the beast, the beast coming up out of the sea the loosing of Satan from the bottomless pit, all typify the same thing. He took his seat within the temple, showing himself that he is God. And he demanded worship. Any that refused to worship or would not worship were to be killed. That's what it says in Daniel 3. Historically, regarding King Nebuchadnezzar's image of gold, If you do not bow down, if you do not worship, you'll be thrown into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And we saw in our last study in Matthew 13, verse 42 and 50, that a burning, fiery furnace pictures the wrath of God. Well, here King Nebuchadnezzar is in a rage and in fury. He he demands that the three young Hebrews be called before him to find out if the accusation is true. Will you not bow down? And then they admit to him and confess, we will not bow down. And then again in verse 19, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and commanded the furnace to be heated seven times more than normal. And, and that is because he's trying to show himself to be God, and and God reveals himself as a God of wrath against who? Against those that fail to obey him, to fail to worship him. God punishes them, and finally, they're cast into a fiery furnace. Well, Satan wants to be like God, King Nebuchadnezzar, who's a type of Satan, is really illustrating that desire of the devil, that desire of the evil one to be like God, and and anyone failing to acknowledge him as God, to worship him, will be destroyed in his wrath. At least that's the threat. That's what he's trying to do, and the way it would have worked out Um, with the corporate church when the image of the beast, which is, again, that church, the, the spiritual fulfillment of the image Nebuchadnezzar made, is the church itself, because Revelation 13 tells us the image had life and an ability to speak, and that identifies with the living organism that is the church, even the corporate church. The corporate church is have buildings, but it's made up of people. Unsaved people in in our time, uh, because God has separated the we from the tares, but it's still made up of people, and people are alive physically. They're a living organism. They have the ability to speak each Sunday through sermons and, and Sunday school teachings. And and any who do not worship, and that's where people go to worship, to the church. And when the transition or transaction was made from the Spirit of God, the daily, to the evil one, Satan, when the Spirit of God came out of the midst and Satan entered in, well, people continue going to church to worship. But God's Spirit isn't there. God receives no worship through those that go to the church. The one who has taken his seat is Satan. So we can see how that image has everything to do with the church corporate. All the churches and congregations on our local corners throughout the world. This is the image. This is where people go to bow down. All must Bow down. This is the commandment of Satan. And yet God revealed, God revealed, he opened up the scriptures, the tremendous uh, deceitfulness that was going on, the fact that, that God ended the church age and he himself had departed out and then God commanded his people to do likewise, to leave for their own good for their own benefit, for the good of their family. Leave the congregation. God is no longer there. God is no longer being worshipped. The one who has taken his seat to rule within the world's churches is Satan. And, And therefore, come out of the midst, flee to the mountains, go outside to the world. And, and the book of Jeremiah pictures that command by telling the Jews to go into captivity, to go to Babylon. And so God's people began to listen. But, you know, when, when you come out of the church or, um, during this time, when, when this doctrine was uncovered or revealed by God's spirit, when he opened up the eyes of his people in, in understanding, to see these things, well then the church began to react and they began to speak evilly, to revile, to cast reproach upon those that were teaching it, like Mr. Camping and Family Radio at that time and, and all of God's people that were teaching it and believing it. They, the cries of heresy and, and much worse began to go up. And so they were, uh, spiritually involved in killing the people that were believing the word of God, trusting the word of God and refusing to bow the knee to worship Satan. And, you know, God does speak about, uh, being put out of the synagogue. ...as a form of killing in John 16 and verse 1 and 2. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, The time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. Nebuchadnezzar's threat is you worship or you're killed. The way it worked out spiritually in the time of the great tribulation, is your put out of the synagogue. Remember it said in Revelation 13, in the passage uh, concerning the image of the beast, uh, verse 15, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Buy or sell is language that has to do with the gospel. In order to trade within the gospel in the churches. And congregations of the world, you must have the mark and, and you must be uh, a good member in standing. That is one that bows down, one that submits to the church organization, one that doesn't make waves or cause trouble. You, you don't seek to um correct the pastor and his doctrine and 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 so forth and it all ties into accepting to acknowledging and most of all submitting to the confessions the creeds the teachings of the church that are false that are incorrect that are erroneous that are lies and this serves to worship the father of lies, the one who is ruling within the church, taking his seat in the temple, Satan. Just don't make waves. You you may come here. You're welcome. You only have to accept our doctrine, our free will. You only have to accept that, yes, we, we have women teaching now, or we have... Men that are deacons or elders that are not married or that are divorced or a pastor who's divorced. You only have to accept our new modern music or you only have to accept that, that, uh, God is a loving God and of course would want two individuals, um, no matter their sex to, uh, experience that love in marriage or, and on and on and on and on and on. Just accept this, accept this, accept this. Bow the knee, bow the knee. Worship, worship the evil one. And God's people cannot do that. They cannot do that. And and so they would say, what about this verse? And what about that verse? And what about this says over here? And then finally, information came forth that explained the whole um condition of the church, that God had abandoned it and given it up and turned it over into the hands of Satan himself, and and it was time to get out, and, and so all this is related to being cast out of the synagogue. And to be cast out of the synagogue is a very fearful thing for the people within the church because uh, they... They only have identification with the kingdom of heaven, with God, through the church. Through the outward, observable, or visible church, the the Lutheran, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever denomination. That is their connection to the kingdom of heaven. Because their names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The child of God has his name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. He uh, has heavenly citizenship. He has the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. So he has much security and is able to be objective, is able to obey God when God says leave the corporate body, he's able to see the distinction between the, the church that's down the street and, and corrupt and the eternal church comprised of God's elect. He sees that because by God's grace, he's a part of that. And, and so he's able to leave the one because he has confidence and faith again. God has granted him these things that he's within the other. And, and so, yes, uh, oh, look at what, what is being taught. Look at what the pastor is teaching, what the Sunday school, uh, teacher is teaching. Look at what the denomination as a whole is teaching. And, and even over here with this church, it's the same. And the other denomination, it's the same. Everywhere you go is the same. Yes, I must get out of the church, and the child of God obeys, but again, it's not that way for the tear. It's not that way for the Esaus that um have occupied the pews within these congregations. This is their tie, their connection this is their Assurance of salvation is, is what the pastor tells them. It's what the church has told them in its confessions and creeds. Their continuing attendance, their baptism, they relate to the church. Their partaking of the Lord's table is under the control of the pastor. All these things are threatened. They, they, they no longer will have assurance, uh, given them by the church, through the pastor or priest, that they are a child of God and and therefore it was too much it, it, too much pressure um, you know when you're being threatened to be kicked out of the synagogue um, in the days of Israel, it was a again a frightful thing. It says in John chapter nine in verse eighteen, when a trial was convened. Concerning a blind man that Christ had held, they called his parents. And in John 9:18, it says, But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or, who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents, because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ. He should be put out of the synagogue. You, you, you see how they're afraid. They, they, they have to watch their words. They have to be very careful. And, and so they carefully answer the question without giving, um, indication that there's been a miracle performed and especially that Christ performed the miracle because they 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 value their membership they value um being a Jew within the synagogue system of Israel was everything to them it it meant um salvation basically it was heaven itself or or it it meant you're you're going to enter into heaven that that's um, what was in the minds of the Jews? So it was a powerful weapon that the leaders of Israel, these apostate leaders could, could use. They, they could wield it like a, a, a sword and, and threaten people with it. If you go against our established teaching, you will be put out of the synagogue. And these Poor people. They were, were, um, not authorities. They, they, for everything we can tell, they had no position of power within, uh, within the Jewish system. And, and yet, it was the same even if you did. Look at John chapter 12. In John 12, It says, and this is a very telling verse that reveals much concerning the spiritual condition of the synagogues and of the people of Israel. It's just striking in how similar it is to the situation in the church of our time or of the time of the Great Tribulation. It says in John 12, verse 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. That's referring to Jesus. They believed on him. How could anyone not? When when a man is going about and saying, um, and others are saying that that uh, he is the Son of God, and backs it up and supports it. With miracles of healing that, that nobody has ever seen. He, he gives ears to the deaf, eyes to the blind. That's what the whole case of the blind man being healed was about. He raises the dead. He just gives legs to the lame. It, it, it's incredible. And the volume of healings. Yes, you, you can look back and, and find in Israel's history, uh, with Elijah or Elias healing one person miraculously here or there. But Jesus was healing people. They were coming to him in multitudes. And who could deny it? It was so obvious. And and so the leaders of Israel, the uh, as it says, among the chief rulers, many believed on him. Again, anyone who was honest to any degree would have to recognize it. But it goes on to say, But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. And here's why in verse 43. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And in this case, the praise of men is simply acceptance. You get to remain. You, you can stay a part of the synagogue. Well, yeah, there might be someone, maybe if a couple of people were talking and, and one was saying, you know, the things that Jesus does, they, they certainly are what you would expect from the Son of God. And the other looks at him, watch what you're saying. He whispers, you know, anyone, any, anyone who, uh, confesses him is put out of the synagogue. The, the Pharisees have agreed on that. And then the other one comes to his senses and says, yes, yes, but of course we know that he's not of God. And then he gets an approving wink from his fellow Jew. Now you're thinking straight again, come on, friend, and and then they go on to the synagogue. Well, that's the the pressure that men apply, and it keeps many in check. They're afraid to go against it because membership, membership within the synagogue is everything to them. And once again, it's only everything to them because they lack actual membership in the Jerusalem above, in the heavenly city. They're only members of earthly Jerusalem. And so the uh, the fear is great. The, the fear is overwhelming. They, they cannot go against it. And, and also there's other elements involved, like their family. Their family is a part of the synagogue. They fear losing their wife, losing their family, maybe, um, their social system, uh, all sorts of things that apply pressure to them that force them. They believe they, they feel they have no choice, no option. I'm just going to go along. And we can be sure there were a good number of pastors or elders or deacons or or longtime church members that were reading the information about the end of the church age, that were seriously uh, contemplating these things, that were reasoning among themselves, as we find in Acts chapter 28. Concerning the the whole question of the end of the church age, they could see the condition of the church, the deterioration of the congregations. It, it, who can't? They, everyone, can see it, and yet they certainly uh, would not confess it. And it all ties back to fear, fear that any who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast. Are to be thrust out of the synagogue and, and to be killed for all intents and purposes spiritually. And that, that's fine if the church kills you or, or the kingdom of darkness, Babylon kills you in, in that way. That's fine if you have life. In another way, then you can risk it. You, you can endanger yourself and, and you can be slain if you have life in another way. That is through the, the gospel, through salvation. If you have eternal life, if you have citizenship in another city, you're not afraid to lose citizenship in an earthly lesser city. And, uh, of course, uh, again, the overwhelming vast majority of professed Christians in the church during the Great Tribulation only had membership in earthly Jerusalem and not in heavenly Jerusalem. Okay, let's go back to Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel 3... And uh, we we read, again, the threat, if you fail to fall down. And then there were some Chaldeans who accused the Jews. And basically, they're, they're following the characteristic of their leader, their ruler, uh, in the kingdom of Satan. The number one accuser is Satan himself, the number one accuser of the people of God that we we find then in the book of revelation that uh God even calls him the accuser of the brethren and the, and says when he's cast out of heaven the accuser of our brethren is cast down and and so it's not surprising that mankind uh, now part of the kingdom of satan take on uh, his characteristic, his attributes of lying and of accusation. So they, they accuse the Jews, and after accusing them, it says in verse 12, where this is the accusation, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee, They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Have you noticed when reading this chapter that we read over and over again their names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and they're always listed all three together which makes sense and we know that three uh in the bible points to purpose and and clearly this is god's purpose that they be tested this way and and uh, also that they give this wonderful testimony it, 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 i don't know if testimony comes from the word tested i don't think so but but uh it is fitting they give this wonderful testimony that uh they will not serve the image the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up but only God is the testimony that they witness before all Babylon this is done on the highest stage it's before the king and this is the greatest king in the world who rules over the mightiest kingdom of this time, and all of the rulers from all the provinces have been brought to Babylon for the purpose of bowing the knee. And on this stage, at this time, when Nebuchadnezzar is in his pride, seeking uh, to be glorified, uh, he wants the praise, he wants the worship, through everyone bowing to his image. Remember the interpretation of the dream? Thou art this head of gold in in, uh, Daniel's interpretation of the dream that had the image in it. So certainly this image, King Nebuchadnezzar fully identifies with himself. And if you fail to bow down and worship the image, it's as though... Uh, it's a personal affront to him, and he will destroy you. He will um, uh, pretend or act as he is God and pour out his wrath upon you, and there's the burning, fiery furnace, and, and you will be destroyed. Well, we know it's God's purpose to show that his people serve only him. That, that God's elect will not bow the knee and he is going to show it to all the world of that day, all the, the, uh, practically all the known world that, that uh, certainly over the greatest kingdom in, in the earth and, and all of its provinces have representatives there present and all the leadership will see that the king Nebuchadnezzar can be denied, he can be refused, and it's a it's a certainly uh, yes uh, a fearful thing in many ways. Yet God's people, out of all people of the earth, and you know there would have been people there of all the religions, of of there would have been many religions in that time, just like there are today. Many philosophies. There would have been atheists there, and agnostics there. People who believe nothing, and all of the other people, and all of their other beliefs were likewise tested. They were all tested. Will you succumb? Will you um, bow the knee and 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 serve this evil king? And all other religions and all other philosophies and, and secularists as atheists and uh, agnostics and, and all people bowed the knee except for one people group, a small people group. Yes. But, but these three represented God's elect and out of all the people of the world. And out of all the things that all the, the people of the world believe, it was only the belief of these three that uh, faced the the test and, and actually were willing to die for their faith, to die for their belief. They, they were willing to be thrown into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace... In order not to bow down and worship other anyone other than their their God, the God of the bible and and certainly everyone's shaking their head well, God is just illustrating that his people will not serve anyone but the true God of the Bible, no matter what it is what is being. Illustrated what is being shown forth. And so we read again and again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now remember that the name Shadrach was given to Hananiah. And Hananiah means favored of Yah. And the name Meshach was given to Misahel, which means who is like God. And the name Abednego was given to Azariah, And that name means the Lord will help. Each one had uh, a name that identified with God. They were the people of God. You can, you can take away their earthly names. You can give them Babylonian names, but they remain the people of God. Now, one interesting thing is in this constant repeating of their names, and, uh, I encourage anyone listening to, uh, to go through the chapter. And every time you see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, number it. And I, I believe verse 12 is the first time. So that would be number one. But from verse 12 through the end of the chapter in verse 30, their names are mentioned an interesting number of times. Shadrach's name in, in Daniel chapter three is mentioned 13 times. Meshach's name is mentioned 13 times. And Abednego's name is mentioned 13 times. 13 times all three names are mentioned together. 39 times 13 each in total. And we, of course, um see the emphasis on the number thirteen just like the musical instruments emphasize the number twenty three and we're not surprised at all because when does the great tribulation begin in the year nineteen eighty eight and nineteen eighty eight was the thirteen thousandth year of earth's existence and and the beginning of the great tribulation and, and, so here God once again ties that in just as in Nehemiah chapter 8 when um, in, in the context of the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles we read that uh, Ezra was was preaching and thirteen men caused the people to understand they gave the sense and and the number 13 is not. Accidental or, or coincidental in any way. God doesn't do anything in a sort of haphazard, uh, careless way like people do. Uh, we could list things and, and we have no rhyme or reason. God has purpose in everything he does. And the purpose here is to identify when the great tribulation will occur. In that year, 1988, just like the purpose of the 23 musical instruments is to identify with the length of the Great Tribulation that it begins in 1988, it continues for 23 years. Now, you see, the problem is with people who refuse to accept these kinds of insights into a chapter like this is that we keep seeing it over and over again. And and the same numbers are appearing over and over again. Uh, you know, every now and then it'd be nice if the number um 47, which I don't know is significant, but if that number appeared, or, uh, you know, there's a whole host of numbers that have no spiritual meaning, and, and yet we don't see that. We don't see that. Instead, we see numbers... That are highly significant, that relate to the material, that relate to what is being discussed in the spiritual realm or or in the the deeper spiritual meaning. And here, uh, notice in verse 15, when Nebuchadnezzar is speaking to the three, he says, "Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, heart Sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well, but if ye worship not ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you well out of my hands? The the this is all happening, and for the second time, I think back in um verses five or six, we also Read verse 6, we also read about the same hour. You'll be cast that same hour into the furnace. And the hour identifies with the hour of great tribulation. Uh, Remember in the parable of Matthew 20, the uh, husbandman hiring laborers to work in his vineyard, and he hires people at the third hour and sixth hour and Ninth hour. And then the eleventh hour, he goes out and hires laborers for the final hour of work, because the workday was twelve hours. And that last hour, the eleventh to the twelfth, typifies the Great Tribulation. It is what is in view in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew 10, and beginning in verse 19, But when they deliver you up, take no thought how, or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak, for it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Now this is parallel to Mark 13, verse 11. And Mark 13 is the chapter dealing with a great tribulation. And it says in Mark 13, 11, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, Take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour. That speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. And it goes on to speak of the abomination of desolation being set up, and and so forth. It's, it's the parallel chapter to Matthew 24. So, Matthew 10 is... Uh, when it's making reference to the same hour, it identifies with the hour of great tribulation. And at that time, God will cause his people to speak because he will open up information. And what they speak is actually the, not them, but the Holy Spirit that's speaking. Well, how could that be when there's no additional, uh, divine revelation? It's done through the mechanism of 1 Corinthians 2 or what 1 Corinthians 2 lays out when we compare spiritual with spiritual, the Holy Ghost teaches, the Holy Ghost in order to teach must speak. And, and, and so using the biblical methodology produces the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the speaking of the Holy Spirit, and that occurs in the hour of the great tribulation. Well, then notice it, it says in verse 21 of Matthew 10, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father of the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Again, very similar language to Matthew 24, Mark 13, or Luke 21 chapters dealing with the Great Tribulation. But then, notice it says in uh, verse 24, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them, which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Do you see how um, the same hour that we read about in Daniel 3, and in that same hour, there's a, a horrible threat. If you do not worship the image, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And here in the New Testament, in Matthew 10, we're, we're reading... Of the same hour, as it says in verse 19, information will be given to the people of God in, in the same hour, and you will speak it. And notice then in verses 21 and 22, it, it mentioned being delivered up brother, betraying brother, being hated of all men for Christ's sake. And and then again, God spoke of that which is covered There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed in verse 26. What he tells us in darkness, speak in the light and preach upon the housetops. And notice then, fear not them which kill the body. That is, God is prophesying. He he knows, of course, what would come. And so he's... Telling us, in that hour, you will reveal things that were sealed up and hidden until the time of the end. And when you do, you are to speak them, you're to preach them from the housetops. And when that happens, don't fear them which kill the body. You see, it's sort of understood. The implication is clear you will be threatened with death. You will be threatened uh, in a spiritual way with the death that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were threatened with. You will be threatened with the death that is threatened in Revelation 13 for any that do not worship the image of the beast, they should be killed. And the threat, Will be you'll be put out of the synagogue, you'll be labeled a heretic, and, and that's why it also says the disciple is not above his master. Uh, it's enough for the disciple to be as his master. And if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? And, and so God's people were labeled the worst kind of names, You know, um, a faithful good man like Mr. Camping has been called everything under the sun and reviled and a reproach and just spoken evilly of. That's what blaspheme means, to speak evil of someone or something or God himself. And God's people are spoken evil of. Well... See that that's our burning fiery furnace, and it, it's on a spiritual level. Uh, sometimes I don't. Uh, I wonder, and I'm sure you do too, how you would react f- for a literal physical furnace. But we can be sure God would be with His people, any any of His people that were standing there, just as He's with His people in, or was throughout the Great Tribulation, and in this day of judgment, God stands with them and God's people resist the spiritual threats and stand fast by the grace of God. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.